0: Hey everybody, welcome to our new show, Off the Beaten Clef. Uh, It's me, Kevin Carter, with my co-host Dylan Hyden. Hello. Uh, For this first episode, we're going to talk about one of my favorite albums of all time, Grace by Jeff Buckley.
1: So let's get into
0: it. Yep. So yeah, so this album, um, I think for this this new thing that we're doing, I think this was the perfect album to kind of kick it off, because to me, this album is an undiscovered gem. I think we were talking about it the other day, and it's I feel like it's an album that a lot of art, like musical artists know, but the general populace on a whole is unaware of, and I feel like that's a travesty. Um, is it, did you know about this album at all? No, I had no
1: clue. And that's uh, kind of my opening thoughts. It's this album is so nineties, yeah, but I, like in a, in a good way, yes. not in like a, like a, a trophy way, but I think it, it, the recording techniques make it sound nineties. Um, but I think it reaches far more depth than most nineties albums and instrumentally I thought it was flawless. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, it was something that I I think I texted you the other day. I was like, I cannot believe I've never heard this. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I think that's a lot of people's reaction when they first hear it, when I introduce people to it. Um and I've done that a lot because for me, I, this is easily the best album of the 90s and it's not I'm not going to say it's the be- one of the best five albums of all time, but it's in my personal top 5 of albums of all time. So, um yeah, I think it just it's, it you can hear so many if you listen to artists that came after Jeff Buckley, you can hear so much influence from Jeff Buckley and their music, especially in like the indie rock scene, um, with the way he records, the way he uses his vocal techniques. Um, he uses his falsetto really well. I mean, mm-hmm. that's all he does is he sings in that falsetto and that became really in vogue. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, he's just a transcendent artist, man. he He's one of the best guitar players I've ever heard, and he's got one of the maybe the best voice of all time. I, I wrote in my notes here, um he's not a generational talent. I think he's a once and forever kind of talent and with the way he can control his voice and it, just his breath control is so immaculate. and it doesn't sound impressive until you try to sing along. and it's you can realize it's impossible to do what he's doing with the amount of breath that he has with it. Um, so I, I really do think that it, once people hear it, they, they hear it and they're like, oh shit, I, I've heard a lot of this stuff before and people that came after this album. So I think it's really important that people kind of look to Jeff Buckley's grace as like a kind of shift in that kind of indie rock scene, kind of folky rock kind of. Yeah. Genre. And
1: it's sold quite a bit, mostly after his death.
0: Yeah. For sure.
1: Which I don't know if you want to get into now or later. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. So when we were talking the other day, I was telling you, like, every time I listen to this album, I have a profound just sense of, like, loss and sadness. I mean, it's a sad album. Like, he covers a lot of sad stuff about mostly relationships. But it's more because of just this actual true tragedy of his death. It wasn't drug-induced. It wasn't like he was being an idiot. I mean, he kind of was. He was waiting in a river river with fully clothed. but it was total freak accident. He just got carried away by a wake of a passing boat, and they didn't find him for the next six days. And uh, and it, it, it's just for it to be so un- unceremonious like that. It, it feels so profoundly sad when I listen to how gorgeous of a musician he was. Um. Uh, it just it sucks man it sucks cuz he had he was working on a new album he got most of it finished i don't know if he had a chance to listen to it cuz they released it posthumously um it's it sounds unfinished mm-hmm. it um but it's it's man it, you could you could see the trajectory he was going on and what an exciting exciting thing we missed out on in music so yeah true it can like an absolutely tragic like that's what i wrote down is that you know there's no there's nothing you can point to that he was messing up on other than, you know, going into a river with all your clothes on. So it weighs you down, but
1: yeah. And this was released in what? 1994.
0: 94. Yep. And he died in 96, 97. Yeah, I think so. I think it was like three or four years after he released the grace. So he was, he was doing this whirlwind tour cause he needed to capitalize on it. So yeah, um, he was only 30. So that's terrible. Yeah.
1: I, I read on somewhere I was reading online, uh, it went platinum a couple times in Australia.
0: Yeah, I mean, sure. it's,
1: I mean, it's it's weird the the life it took after he he died. I don't know if that had something to do with the sales or if it was just something people needed to get hip to. You know, normally things that are breaking the mold like that take a little bit more time.
0: Well, and in, 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 there's a, there's one song on this album that I'm sure everybody's heard. It's his his rendition of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, and I think that pops in and out of like pop culture consciousness every now and again. That specific cover, so you'll see. Like consciousness of Jeff Buckley's Spike every now and again, and uh, so that that probably contributes to it because it is. It's I mean, we'll get a, we'll go over it later, but yeah, it's it's an awesome cover of a, a beautiful song. So, um, I I think the one thing that stands out to me too is just the amount of praise he gets from people that are well respected within the music industry, specifically his idols in Led Zeppelin. So, um, Robert Plant, um, lead singer of Led Zeppelin said on seeing him live, his voice was mind altering. And, um, Jimmy page said of him, he was the best vocalist that had appeared in two decades up to that point, which he was probably referring to Robert plant. We're going back to that. So, I mean, you can't get any higher praise than your two biggest heroes and inspiration. This is calling you um, your voice, mind altering and the best voice since the person you would, you idolize. So, right. um, Brad Pitt is also a huge fan. I know he. You, 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 I went and watched the the video interview with him talking about Jeff Buckley, and um, he actually said he's planting page in one, it's because he is an incredible guitarist and he's this transcendent vocalist. And uh, you know, again, super high praise. All going back to his heroes. But my favorite quote came from actually from Bono of U two. Um, who was in some I forget what uh, magazine it was in he was quoted as saying Jeff Buckley was a pure drop in an ocean of noise and that to me is so perfect because that this album in the 90s sticks out to me as a pure a pure light in just an ocean of what I consider not very good music for the time I'm not a huge fan of 90s music I mean there's a lot of bands that I like from the 90s but overall I think 90s music was pretty vapid Um, and very uh, almost overproduced in a way. Um, so yeah, I, 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 mean, when I, when I read that, I was like, yeah, that's absolutely perfect for this, for specifically this album too, grace. So, um, yeah, so I guess what was your first, like on initial listen, like what was your first reaction when you had finished it?
1: the song structures were so wild to yeah. me i would i i would check my phone a couple of times like is this the same song mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of you know build ups and and then it goes back down and then it to end the song a lot of the times it it's this big big explosion
0: bombastic yeah. yeah i mean the first their first song mojo pen mm-hmm. that it just it's this very slow kind of crawl dream like thing and at the end the issue with that and it's fucking, where the fuck did this come from <laughs> yeah. it's great man it, it like it's it, it feels like this album was made yesterday like if i had never heard of this album and you told me it was made yesterday like a remastered version of it i'd i'd believe you
1: yeah and yeah it it sounds great his vocals are like you said he goes a bunch of different places with the vocals the guitars are 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 sometimes acoustic sometimes they're big and electric i just thought it was a really listening to it all the way through was weird because it felt like a a journey almost. Um, but yeah, the first time I listened to it through, I was like, all right, I'm going to hit shuffle and and listen to it (laughs) differently because it was just a a wild ride.
0: Yeah, man. And then I, I had a similar experience. My first like full listen through it was like, what the fuck just happened? What did I just listen to? Like I could Mm -hmm. tell it was something special um especially towards the end of the album when it kind of had a big tonal shift cuz it gets very like dreamlike and very slow in the middle and then you get this just immediately angry song and it's just like what the fuck man what what is this album Eternal Life is that the angry Eternal one? Life man. man it's good it just it's it just it's crazy so what i want to do is i want to go through each song and kind of we can kind of give our reactions to it i've been i've been listening to this album on repeat for years now so Mm -hmm. it was cool for me to find because i haven't actually listened to it all the way through in a very long time though so it was cool for me to go through and i I made sure to not once i knew a song was over not to skip because i know jeff was very particular in the way he constructed songs and the way the album flowed so i wanted to get that full effect um so it was really interesting for me so um like i said we already kind of touched on Mojo Um, I believe this song is specifically about somebody and I believe it's a black actress and I, but I can't, I don't know that for sure. I know it's about, um, it's about him pining for some, for this lost love. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like we talked about, it was this really slow kind of opening. Um, but it just ends up kicking you right in the fucking stomach right by the end of it. And it's great. Because it does it's It's it, because it works.
1: Yeah, and the guitar is like I don't. There's a whole genre of music called math rock now, and that yeah. song is math rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just like hammer ons with the guitar, and it's yeah. not it's, that I know much about guitar <laughs> playing, but I know a hammer on when I hear one.
0: Well, I, I love the way the band works with Jeff Buckley's voice too, because in those super heavy bits, it, his dr- his voice should be drowned out, but they play off each other so well, and it kind of helps enhance like you hear Jeff's soft spoken voice but there i mean there's power behind it but it's a falsetto so it's not like deep and gutty mm-hmm. and then you get these driving drums like the snare on this album is so hard and um the bass is really like forward in a lot of these songs and i think it really it it helps build this complete uh, picture of what Jeff was trying to do to say where he's he's this soft spoken guy but on the inside he's feeling these like Really hard emotions, and I think that's what the band is there to do—is to kind of be like the chorus in like a play, where they're there to just amplify what the person is actually feeling, and it just works so splendidly in this song. Um, and I, I, for each song that was his original, I wrote down like one of my favorite lyrics in each song, and um, I love this, love this one. Um, oh. <laughs> Oh, the, uh, the welts of your scorn, my love, give me more. Send whips of opinion down my back. Give me more. It's just, his imagery is so good, man. And he, especially when it comes to like the pain of love, um, basically being whipped like physically by your love. It hurts so bad, but I want more. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, so what, uh, yeah, what are your, what are your thoughts on Mojo pen?
1: Uh, I really liked the the soft opening and then it just building up, mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of piggybacks off of what I said earlier with the structure of the song. It's It gives you an indication of what the whole album's going to be of like, there's ups and downs, and it, it, it'll spin you around a couple times, mm-hmm. and I thought it was a really good album opener.
0: Yeah, I think it's a perfect album opener, I think, because you get the, because it kind of... Gives you the whole arc of the album and what it's like a microcosm of how the album is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it starts off slow, builds up a little bit, get one song, then it slows down, and then you get that kick right at the end with Eternal Life and Dream Brother. So, do um, you want to start off with Grace?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, Grace, I thought was the best song on the album. I, I know think it's probably one of the more popular ones. That's a popular opinion, yeah. Um, but you know, when I click on his his out al- or when i click on the artist on spotify that's the first song that comes up so i wasn't necessarily looking for it i ca- i kind of tried to listen to the album without looking at song names mm-hmm. um but he was this, the lyrics are very like confronting death and it's kind of eerie how comfortable he was um, with death and and confronting death
0: well did you look up and what the song what he wrote the song about mm-hmm. so he wrote it about a song about leaving his girlfriend that they had he had this huge emotional con- like not conflict uh, I'm like connection with um and it's about him being okay with his own mortality knowing that he has this true love so yeah you're right I mean him being comfortable with his death is because he knows he has he's experienced this love and it's so powerful man like Mm -hmm. again the imagery is crazy so sorry finish your thought
1: no that that was all I had uh I I thought it was a great song and it's definitely one that I'm going to keep listening to after after we're finished talking about the album.
0: Yeah. It, it, again, I think there's these first two songs. Cause I listened to the album. I picked some songs out on my way over and, and I always listen to these two back to back because I think they flow so well into each other. Um, the energy and grace picks right up from where the end of Mojo pin left off. Um, it's, it's a different feel. It's not quite as angry. It's more of like a, it almost feels like a medieval, like parade or fair. <laughs> yeah. Like the guitar does. It's very light and very like high on the strings and, Um, but then he, he comes in with this kind of very somber vocal and it just kind of kicks you right back into that, that very deep emotional place with, um, you know, he's sad that he's leaving this woman behind, but he's okay. He like, he's like, you know, if I, if I died today, I know I had this time with this woman. So,
1: um, yeah. And you just don't hear songs about that. Especially like if you're talking about indie and emo, like a lot of times it's like, you don't have any positive or negative thing or most of the time it's negative things to Mm -hmm. say about past relationships and right.
0: Which a lot of this album is, but yeah, yeah, this is, this is a, even the, and even in a song where he's like happy, he's also sad. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, and I for the, for this song, I love this line. There's the moon asking me to stay long enough for the clouds to fly me away. Um, again, this is just this kind of profound, like, I know she wants me to stay, but, you know, I have to go. The clouds have to fly me away, so. Um, and then, oh, yeah, here's the rest of it. Um, well, it's my time coming. I'm not afraid to die. My fading voice sings of love, but she cries, clicking of time. Oh, time. So it's like, you know, we have this certain amount of time together. Why do you have to leave? Um, and he's saying, my fading voice sings of love, you know. Like, I'm I'm leaving, but she's like, oh, no, like look at the time. We don't have that much time left. It's it's great. I mean, it's just this really cool imagery of just because you, when you know what it's about, it kind of gives it a whole new meaning too. Mm-hmm. It's like it's literally just him them saying goodbye at an airport. It's like my fading voice sings of love.
1: Yeah, he's almost. She's like, like, like we're running out of time, it's
0: and like, he does. He makes a lot. Of, he makes some Shakespearean references in some songs, so that's that's a pretty astute observation, actually. So
1: it's it's funny because like he picks these like little moments and he can blow them up into these big songs, and yeah. it's like what would seem like not much to someone else, to someone who's that in tune, like him. It it can make a whole perfect song like this.
0: Yeah, and I think the overriding thing that you discover about Jeff over the the entirety of the album is that he feels a lot more than a lot of people do. So um Yeah. So, so. did
1: Jeff Buckley invent emo? People <laughs> were asking.
0: Yeah. I, I mean I'm sure it existed in some form before this. I mean the nineties were all about you know self-loathing and a lot of that i mean but i think it you could look to him as kind of like the predecessor of like a modern emo mm-hmm. um where it's a lot about like <sighs> jaded love or jilted love and um a falsetto vocal for the most part um yeah i mean you could say that I, i'd think it's more in the kind of like folk re- realm than like an emo rock realm yeah. But yeah, you can In ble- terms of like lyrical content, I think I really I think. do think people like Brendan Yuri take a lot of inspiration from Jeff Buckley. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can hear a lot of what they do, especially vocally, in Jeff Buckley. So, yeah, I think that oh, it's it's I don't want to say that for sure because I don't think it's correct.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're speculating. I mean, it's our first episode, we got to have a hot take. Yeah, so.
0: yeah, sure. We'll go with it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Buckley invented email. He was a scene kid Print before scene kids. <laughs> I mean, if you look, like literally, if you look at his album, he looks like he looks like an emo scene kid.
1: Those music videos are super emo. Yeah. Weird. And
0: they're also very 90s. Yeah.
1: It's um, like weird. I, I watched the music video to Last Goodbye mm-hmm. and just like weird things going on on the projector. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like a dark room and they're playing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. It's he a,
1: slowly loses the flannel. It's every every
0: it. song on MTV in the mid, mid to early 90s. Yeah. So um <laughs> slowly losing <laughs> the flannel. <laughs>
1: he he ends up in a white t-shirt at the end. Yeah,
0: right. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Um so yeah, let's move on to Last Goodbye. Um It's 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 a little bit slower of a song. Um But again, it's about two people that realize they're not they like they really like being together, but they realize they're not going to work out and it's like it is kind of the Everybody's been there, right? Where you you're you're with somebody and you're having a lot of fun, but you really start when you really start to look at the big picture and you start thinking about taking that next step, you're like, shit. This isn't going to work. Yeah. And it's again, it's about feeling that that specific loss. That's a very specific type of pain that you feel because it's not necessarily like super sad or highly emotional. It's just like, man, this fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like And I think he just, again, you said he takes these moments and he kind of blows them up. And I think this is a perfect example of that because I don't know if I've ever heard a song that expresses that as well as this does. I mean, at least there's not, it's not, it's usually about pure loss. This is just like, eh, you know, we had fun and I wish we could work out, but, you know, we're not, we're both adults and we know it's not going to. So Mm -hmm. this is our last goodbye.
1: I really like it because, well, first of all, I, I, as i was writing notes for each song as i was going down and i said fuck i don't know maybe this is my favorite song <laughs> yeah. because i really like how it starts out yeah it kind of rides the the energy of grace it's super it almost seems joyful and then by the end and you're like well fuck now i'm sad mm-hmm. and uh it really the, the beginning really reminds me of champagne supernova where sure. it's like yeah. a, a dreamy guitar mm-hmm. and he's I, there was a lot of similarities i listened to him side by side just so i could see if i was like imagining it but there was i think that's why it stuck out to me i'm like this sounds familiar for some reason Sure, sure. but last goodbye i freaking love it
0: yeah really good um i think it, it this this is the this is one of the turning points this song is one of the pivot points of the album cuz after this, it gets real slow and real kind of weird. Um, but, yeah, so this, I think this this lyric I pulled for this song, I think, explains it personally. He says, kiss me, please kiss me. Kiss me out of desire, baby, not consolation. Love that line. Um, and the way he delivers it in the song, I'm, like, obviously not doing it justice because hearing Jeff deliver these lines makes it so much more impactful. Mm-hmm. But I love that. It's kiss me out of desire, not consolation. It's like you're kissing me because you have to. And that's why I know this isn't working. It's, it's just so good. Um, and then it's, it's, oh, you know, it makes me so angry. Cause I know that in time I'll only make you cry. Um, and he's just, he's so angry because he knows it won't work. And so it's like, you know, we can't keep doing this. And it, it's, yeah, it's just so, it's so masterfully done. And the way he delivers, it, is like, oh, it makes me so, angry. like the way he delivers it. It's like he, he peaks the way he peaks his words in the middle of a sentence. It's yeah, it's great. Um. So yeah, what do you what are you gonna say about old lilac tree? This is a cover, by the way. This is not a Jeff Buckley original.
1: That was actually what I wrote down. I said it was a very cool cover of a song uh, by James H. Shelton from 1950. Yeah, and uh, I think it fits the album. I'm not, I'd be interested in hearing why he picked it for the album, along with the other covers, and. Uh, also Miley Cyrus has a dope cover of this as well. Does she. It's like from 2012 she did this thing called the Backyard Sessions. I think
0: I remember that actually cuz I'm thinking like oh shit that's fucking awesome that Miley's doing this song.
1: It was yeah, it was a really well done cover cuz it came up in like the little the YouTube mm-hmm. suggestions. And yeah, I I think it's a a cool somber song.
0: Yeah, I think I th- I think I remember reading when I was doing my research about the, for this um this episode. I think he picked this song specifically because one of his friends introduced it to him, and he just wanted to put this do a cover of it for his friend. Oh, that's just awesome. to say, hey, thanks for showing me the song, man. Uh, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. I think there's a little bit more to it than that, but I know he. I'm pretty sure this is the song he put on the album because he loved it, and his friend introduced it to him, and he's like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll do this song. This sounds awesome. Um, and it's very very different. It's so slow. It's very very stripped down. Mm-hmm. Um, very very minimal. It's like the little, I don't know what they're called, the little fork drums that make the drums sound real yeah. soft, but they're barely in there. It's just him and his guitar and his vocal work on this album. This this track is so, so tight, so precise, man. Um, and it has to be. If you're going to strip something down that far, mm-hmm. you have to be an incredible vocalist. And he kind of, this is the first time it really shines in its true capacity in this album. So, yeah, I mean, Lilac Tree, it's good. I mean, it's not my favorite on the album, but it, it's, a, it's a cover of an old song. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, he put his own spin on it, and you can. I I would have never known if it, if it was a cover unless I looked it up. So. I didn't know
0: until I started researching for this episode. I didn't mm-hmm. know it was a cover. I mean, I knew there was covers on this album. I did I obviously. I knew Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen, mm-hmm. um, but the, I knew I didn't know where the other ones were. So, um, so real. I, I think so real is a great song, but I think it's my least favorite on the album. It stands out because it stands out the least. Um, it just kind of like it doesn't feel like it moves as well. Um, it's very, very, it almost feels like you're like in REM sleep at this point. You know what I mean? You're in your deepest point of your dream Mm -hmm. during this album, during so real. Um, and I actually read that this was a late addition. Like this was, they took a song out that I like much better. Um, because it was about, it was specific about a specific ex in Jeff's life. So he didn't want to offend her. So he took it out last minute and put in so real. Um,
1: there's just not a lot to it lyrically. Yeah. I mean, the chorus is like, oh, it's so it felt so real or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's there's just not much to it. But I will say, the drums, when they kick in... for the, when So the, good. When when they kick in for the second chorus, I, like...
0: Woo. Yeah, it hits you in your chest, man. Yeah. Right in your chest. And that's, I think that's what gets lost in this album a lot, too, is how good the musicians around Jeff are as well. Um, spe- specifically the drums, man. So fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like, just... Like I said, the snare just hits so heavy in this because they hit. It's just like a single snare hit on its own, and it just poof, explodes into something else. And it's that's great. The timing is perfect. Yeah. Um, the the quote I pulled for this, just because I like the way he delivers it, is I never stepped on cracks because I thought I'd hurt my mother. <laughs> yeah. Is the way he delivers it, and it's so good. Um Yeah. Again, it's just it's just, it's not my favorite song in the album, but it's still really good. So uh
1: I. I looked up the lyrics for this as I was listening along and Genius, uh the song lyric website. Mm-hmm. If you click that's the only uh lyric that's highlighted and you can click on it, it says Jeff Buckley was superstitious and did not want to step on a crack to hurt his mother. <laughs> Same way with his relationships. <laughs> and I was like Thanks, glad yeah. I read that. Yeah, thanks, Genius. <laughs> cleared a lot <laughs> cleared a lot up.
0: Um well, I, I I think I like that line because I also avoid cracks because I don't want to hurt my mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been doing it since I was a kid. I don't step on cracks if I can avoid them. If I'm consciously aware of cracks, I consciously avoid them. So,
1: I do too. It kind of messes with like how you walk. Yeah, Emily's always like, "What are you doing?" I'm like,
0: I'm <laughs> yeah, you, you like you weird. lengthen your stride, <laughs> and then you just all of a sudden you like stop short. You have to do a short step. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, no, it just, yeah, it's just again, this this line is the one line in the song that stands out because of the way it's delivered, and again, I just can relate to it. So, Mm -hmm. Um, I'll let you start "Hallelujah" because I could talk about this this rendition for decades.
1: Um, First off, it's the only song I had previously heard from the album.
0: That's what I wrote too. Is like if you've heard one Jeff Buckley song, it's this one. So.
1: it's it's used for a lot of sad moments, and I can see why, just because I didn't realize the song was this long. It's like five minutes. Mm-hmm. There's not a song on here that's less than four minutes long besides Corpus Christi Carol.
0: Yeah, which is it's a whole other thing in and of itself.
1: But Hallelujah, great song. I might have seen it on Scrubs when someone died. Yeah, it's I just, think
0: it is on Scrubs, because when you said that to me in text, I was like, yeah, I vaguely remember this being in Scrubs.
1: And then... I guess it just takes me back to when I hear it, it just takes me back to that moment where you're just like, it's kind of a helpless hallelujah like you're, you're saying hallelujah, but it's still so sad.
0: It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those weird, I, I grew up in church. So a hallelujah normally is like, you know, praise yeah. but this is a lot more somber than that.
0: Yeah. And credit to Leonard Cohen for writing just a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, and really kind of, again, breaking down that, that what you would normally think of what hallelujah means. It's kind of like a cynical take on, you know, biblical stories and traditional love. And to that point, and the, the quote I pulled from this, so this is the only cover that I pulled a quote from just cause I love this song so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really love, I love and respect Leonard Cohen to no end. So, um, but yeah, I, I love this line. Um, I said, maybe there's a God above, but all I've ever learned from love is how to sh- shoot somebody who outdrew you it's just it's such a perfect way to kind of because it's it's true it's mm-hmm. it's like it's this very jaded look on like modern love it's like you, you feel like you're constantly defending yourself against barbs and jabs and you have to make it work for yourself um and it just it's it's such a cool line i mean there's so many good lines from this mm-hmm. i mean love is not a victory march it's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah man so good so good mm-hmm. shout out to leonard cohen r.i.p um just a great song, and I think one other thing I want to talk about for, with Hallelujah because like I said i could I could talk about this cover and how it's the best maybe cover of all time, except for maybe hurt by Johnny Cash these two those two were like stand above for covers of all time I, I really think this is Jeff Buckley's song now that Leonard Cohen wrote, yeah Leonard Cohen wrote it, but he didn't find his muse for the song until Jeff Buckley covered it so um, there is on the second, uh, the penultimate hallelujah that he sings in this song, he holds the last note for 25 seconds. And not only does he hold that note for 25 seconds, he does a run at the end of it. So he's still got enough control and still got enough breath in his lungs to modulate his voice and do like a little tiny run or like a little, a uh, little vibrato. It's fucking incredible, man. And I wrote, it's like, Try just 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 exhaling for 25 straight seconds. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. Nobody it's, can.
1: It's impressive.
0: I mean, I, he's just got endless lung capacity.
1: That's something I wrote down as well. You know, he's not scared to stretch out a vocal and really make it linger to get his point across. Yeah. And especially a song like this with so much emotion, It's. T- I didn't realize it was 25 seconds. That's really funny. I, well,
0: I, I've never timed it until just now, but I've always been so impressed by that that note because he holds it, and then he does like a little guitar run while he's doing it. And then the guitar run stops, and he still holds it for, like, another five, six seconds. And then at the end, he does, like, a little, like, uh, vibrato or run at the end. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and really, think about it. Have you ever just straight ex- just exhaled without trying to hold a note or stay in tune? Just breathed out for 25 straight seconds. No. You, you, I could, I, you can't, you do, can't it. do it. You can't do it. I know I can't. It's physically <laughs> and humanly impossible, unless you're doing, like, circular breathing, like, like, like woodwind players and stuff too but i don't know if he is so yeah just fucking incredible jeff i mean just there's just so many little moments in this album that that give me goosebumps every time man so um i'll start this one off because this is my favorite out my favorite song on the album is lover you should have come over um and it wasn't initially it used to be mojo pin Mopin is just because I think it's a great but perfect opener but my, my, my re-listen this time through I think it became my favorite song it's the song I've been listening to over and over again for yeah. the last week and a half um, and it just the there's a, there's a whole passage and it's about you know how he fucked up a relationship and how he he's pining for this love and there's so many so much good imagery but there's this point where it kind of goes it, it's the bridge. Um, where he has, like, a chorus come in behind him. Um, they're not very featured, but it kind of just... They kind of just put a little punctuation on what he's trying to say. And this is him, like, like kind of... I, I picture him, like, in the corner of his room, like, on his hands and knees and, like, screaming this up to the sky. He's like, It's never over. My kingdom for a kiss upon her shoulder. Great. Uh, it, it's very reminiscent of um, A horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. That mm-hmm. line. Um, and then he goes, It's never over. All my riches for her smiles when I slept so soft against her. Great. You know, just getting ever more kind of um, desperate. Um, it's never over. All my blood for the sweetness of her laughter. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and this is the one that is, I think is just the most poignant. One of the more poignant lines I've heard about like longing for somebody. It's never over. She's the tear that hangs inside my soul forever. <laughs> like that's so emo dude yeah it's so emotional but it's it's like it's and the way it's it's because when he says forever um, the 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 kind of like chorus comes in behind him as well and it kind of really drives home the the angst and the just his like his pleading nature like I said I feel like he's on his hands and knees and like screaming to the heavens when he's when he's singing this the tear that hangs inside my soul forever I mean it just it's it's it, it's it's he's she's always gonna have that that sadness in his soul that of this lost love. It's just so good. Um, like I said, that whole part of that song, that bridge is is so transcendent and and good. And yeah, sorry, I'll let you talk no, about no, it for no. a
1: little bit. Uh, I only had one little bit. Uh, it's not too late. I think he just what he says yeah. at the end of the song. It's
0: not too late.
1: Crushed me, dude. Yeah. I was folding laundry and I'm like, ah, oh. yeah, like damn, I'm sad now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks jeff yeah, yeah. but I, lo- I love this song yeah. it's probably in my top top three favorites yeah,
0: yeah. um I, I wrote down it this is this feels this feels like a song chris stapleton could cover and it would fit it would fit right in it's got that kind of bluesy southern feel to it mm-hmm. um it's it, it's a lot different like from t- in tempo and feel from a lot of the rest of the album i think that's why it stood out to me again but this every song in this album kind of stands on its own as kind of its own individual entity um but this really fits the kind of vibe that I've been – like I've been listening to a lot of Chris Stapleton recently. And so this – this I think this really stuck out to me on this re-listen. So.
1: I think it helps to have like such a slow, somber song like Hallelujah. And then it kind of does it again with Corpus Christi and mm-hmm. then booms into Eternal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really like
0: Lover. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just – yeah, Lover, you should have come over. Even in the song, it's like, you know, you should have, you should have come over. Like it's not too late. Yeah, oh God. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. Um, so yeah, what do you what do you got to say about old Corpus Christi Carol? Because it's a weird one.
1: It's my least favorite song. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's sure.
1: that's all I wrote down. I yeah. listen to it. I'm like, I want to skip it so bad, mm-hmm. but for the sake of podcasting, I'm going to finish it. Yeah, and, I get it. And I think it kind of pays off because it's such a dip down just to come back up. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, I really like Eternal Life because it is like a, a pure rock song. So mm-hmm. that's that's my thought on Corpus.
0: Sure. Um, I think this is the song that when I heard it the, for my first time listening through it, this is the one that made me want to go back for more because it was so strange. I'm like, what is this like medieval, like campfire song? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's an old parable and it feels like something that like a minstrel would say in like a traveling band of like players, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so strange to be on like a rock album from 1994. Um, uh, it's a cover. Um, Benjamin Britton was the original, um, artist. Um, yeah and it's about a fairy tale about again somebody stealing like a crow stealing some, a knight's lover, and I think it has something to do with like finding Jesus Christ bleeding on the at the end of it i don't I don't remember what the whole parable was about, but it's just a, such a strange choice, but for some reason it worked because it made me want to be like oh this isn't this isn't the album I thought it was mm. and it's just so strange I think you're right it works where it, it kind of like it's up and down and it's up and down, but it's not so, it's, it's so extreme that it's like, it's almost like a roller coaster, um, but a very enjoyable one. Mm. It's like the beast.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Not the son of beast. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it'll whip you around, but it's an enjoyable ride. So, um, yeah. And that's what I said. Like I wrote down like, yeah, on my first listen, it really enraptured me because it was completely out of left field. So I felt like I needed to more and I needed to listen to it again to kind of understand why this fit in this album. And again, like it, it's just another stripped-down song, so his vocal chops really shine. Yeah, in song. So, um, and then we go straight into Eternal Life, which follows the formula for a rock song that is my favorite. Where it's very bass front-forward. The bass drives the the melody in, in the song, and it's really fucking awesome. I love when when songs were like feature bass. Um. And it's, it's an angry song. It's the, he's so angry in this song and it's, it's, it's a, it's the penultimate song. Um, so there's only one after this. If you don't know what penultimate means, you pleb.
1: So forget her, (laughs) wasn't a part of the album.
0: Forget her is a bonus album. Forget her is the song that they took off and put so real in for So forget her was like a bonus on the remaster. Okay. Um,
1: the one on Spotify didn't mention it being
0: correct. Okay. Um, so yeah, this is this is the original like 1994 version where Eternal Life is next, and then I think what, what Forget Her would be after. Forget Her
1: was number eleven.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Dream Brother is the actual last, like the original last song. But yeah, Forget Her is great. Okay. We can talk about that um, because I love it, and I think it would be much better than So Real.
1: Um, before we we get into Dream Brother,
0: well, Eternal yeah go ahead yeah go ahead Uh, eternal
1: life Life, probably the hardest the album goes oh yeah in terms of rocking without a doubt i think i've mentioned that probably five times now already in the 40 minutes we've Mm -hmm. been recording but the bass like you mentioned it slaps so hard it's it's not so often that you like recognize like a good bass a lot of times you're paying attention to guitars drums vocals but the bass like you said it leads Mm -hmm. and it it goes hard
0: yeah it does uh, and then I wrote, it's like snapping out of a beautiful dream into like a, a, just straight onto the floor of a rock concert. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody who carried you in your bed and they dropped you in the middle of a mosh pit. And this is what this song would, feels like. And it's great. Um, like the whole tone of it is really, really cool. Cause it kind of snaps you back to reality after Corpus Christi, um, Carol. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a song about just being angry at the state of the world. Um, Particularly about racism, I think it was very poignant. Kind of looking at the the lyrics when I was reading through it. I mean, it's about you know being angry about the murder of Dr. King and and all that. And um, the the quote that I pulled is "Racist every man, what have you done, man? You've turned your killer, man. You've made a killer of your unborn son. Crown my fear, uh, crown my fear, your king at the point of a gun. All I wanted to do is love everyone, and it's just he's he's talking." I, I think that's him talking about the murder of of Dr. King, and it, again, it, it rings very poignant now with like all of the racial unrest that's going on. It's racist. Every man, what have you done? You've made a killer of your unborn son, and I think that's that that is incredibly poignant. In that, you know, racism can be generational. If you if you know if you if that's what you teach your kids and you insulate them from everything else, you're making a killer of your unborn son. And I think. Man, that's that's such a that's such a poignant thing that we're still talking about. You know, almost thirty years on. So, yeah. um, and I think the refrain is um, "Kiss goodbye to your eternal life." And he's talking about you know you thought your 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 path of blood would lead you to this great heaven, and he's like, "Nah, nah, bitch, <laughs> kiss goodbye to that eternal life because you're wrong." It's, yeah. it's basically the theme of this song. It's great. It's it's good to hear him just kind of lash out and just be angry at the world too, which again, very emo, very early '90s. But still get it
1: get it a point, make his point without being Mm -hmm. like so overt. I thought it was. It's not whining.
0: I think that's the main the main crux of this is that yeah, it's emotional and yeah, it's sad and yeah, he's laying his you know he's laying his feelings bare for the world to see. But it's not. It doesn't come across as as whiny. It comes Mm -hmm. across as like just a really cool emotional trip. Um so be better name it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, uh why don't you lead off with Dream Brother? So Dream Brother, I thought dreamy is the
1: best way to describe mm-hmm. it. Um I thought initially this was going to be the last song on the album when I was listening through because I thought it was only 10 songs. Uh and I said it was the best way to close an album because it is kind of like dreamlike. Yeah. And if if you had it in a CD player and number 10 ended and you went right back to number one, it would feel like a complete loop. It almost. would. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And then forget came on and I was like, this doesn't seem like it would be a good album closer. Yeah, it's not, it,
0: it wasn't meant to be. So you you think your feeling was dead, it was dead on when you, when you're talking about that. So, yeah. So I, I thought dream brother was pretty cool. Yeah. I love it. I, I, and did you do any research onto what this song was about? Mm-mm. So, um, Jeff Buckley's father was actually a well-known like recording artist in his own right, um, but he was he never spoke to Jeff at all. Like he was a deadbeat dad, um, and so this song is like a warning to one of his friends to not repeat the mistakes of his father. Like be there for your son, um, be there for the per- the woman you got pregnant. Uh, it's kind of like a. a um. Yeah, it's a warning to his friend. And I think it, 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 this, this, uh, this refrain here kind of illustrates that perfectly. He's like, don't be like the one who made me so old. Don't be like the one who left behind his name. So don't be like my dad. Mm-hmm. No, don't be the one that made me, that made me have to mature more, more quickly. Don't be the one that left literally his name behind. Because um, they're waiting for you like I waited for mine. Like that boy and that woman are waiting for you like I waited for my father. Um, and nobody ever came. That's the kind of very dreamy refrain that you get throughout the song, um, and it's it, it, it's recorded in such a way where it, it feels like this kind of ethereal warning, where it's like coming down from heaven. Um, it's it's just so sad because you can feel like the loss and 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 Jeff's pain, and he's like, "Man, don't don't make your kid go through what I had to go through. Don't do it, man. Because I've been there. If you care about me, don't don't do this, too." you know, somebody else.
1: It's, it's funny that the, the saddest songs are guys that have problems with their fathers, Mm -hmm. like father of mine by Everclear. Oh man. That's such a, like, I mean, they, they get their point across in like a way that isn't whiny. Like you mentioned earlier. And I think that's, it's such a cool concept to be able to have that conversation with your friend. Like I'm okay because of, even though I grew up this way, but just don't, don't make it that way. Right.
0: Yeah. I'm okay, but I don't, I wouldn't wish this on anybody else. So please don't make the same mistakes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very. Yeah. That's the theme of father of mine too. It's like, he's like, now I am my own man with a child of my own, you know, and he's, he's not going to repeat the same mistakes of his father. And I think that's very, you know, that that's a pretty good parallel actually to what this song is saying. It's just more a letter to himself and father of mine than it is to a friend of Jeff's at this point. Um, and it's it's again it's a great song without even knowing the context of it but once you know the context of it it becomes much more heavy and the his the way he um delivers his lines makes so much more sense the way he delivers that refrain it it makes so much because it's it's like fuck man don't fucking do this and it's like like i know what it's like and the way he delivers it it, it, you can really feel that um And yeah, you're right. It's it's the perfect capper to this this particular album because it, it, the energy kind of it tra- trails off, and he's got this really long, sustained falsetto note at the end. And it would it would fall right back in line with mode the beginning of Mojo Pen. So,
1: yeah, I thought it was like I, I'm sure we can talk about Forget Her here in a second. Yeah, we can. I do have some thoughts. Yeah, I it. think
0: it's a great song. So, go but ahead. yeah,
1: as as like a one through ten, perfect. Yeah, I don't.
0: I don't want to say perfect because I don't like Corpus Christi Carol. I think it's just a weird addition, but like I said, it did, it did make me want to listen again. Mm. So maybe, you know, maybe it served its purpose perfectly. Um, but yeah, as far as like its impact on music in general, I think it's vastly underrated and vastly under listened to by the general populace. Um, like I said at the top, I think this is an album that all like artists know and respect. Yeah but because he died only after one full studio album he's not as well known as maybe he should be so
1: but i think that also adds to the mystique and yeah. like you know the first album is always the best album yeah. so there's there's nothing we can really compare it to now um, But yeah i thought it was it's cool that you knew a lot about this album and i knew nothing going into it yeah. so getting a couple weeks to to do some research and listen to these songs and really get to digest them and hear kind of my first impressions of the songs, I think is really fun. I think it was a perfect first album for you to pick.
0: Uh, Yeah. Cause I, I really thought hard about doing like a metal album that I knew you would probably would not like as much, but I really wanted to do this because I feel like this, this album specifically informed a lot of the music that you do actually like. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I think it's like I told you before, like I was so worried you weren't going to like it because I picked it specifically for that reason because I thought I, I know that it informed a lot of the music that you do like and listen to so um yeah man I'm I'm pumped that you liked it I think everybody should at least listen to it and give it a shot um there's something here for everybody definitely um yeah and, it's, and I, he's it's
1: just not a one trick pony there's no. so so much to this that um it feels it felt like rewarding to listen to it mm-hmm. a couple of times because you do get something different out of it every time.
0: Yeah. This is one of those albums when I can't decide what I listen, what to listen to put on grace I'll be happy. You yeah. know what I mean? This is, this would be a desert Island album for me mm-hmm. for sure.
1: Um, David, David Bowie put it on his desert
0: yeah. Island. <laughs> I mean, again, it's just such huge praise, <laughs> so man. Wild. Like it, it, cause it's it, again, cause these, 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 these just fucking giants in the music industry like Led Zeppelin, David Bowie, man, um bono they just all were just so heavily just impressed with this person and this soul but not a whole lot of people not enough people know about him i don't want to say not not a whole lot because i know a lot of people know about jeff buckley but not enough in my opinion certainly not in our age group
1: yeah i think part of it has to do with like our attention span yeah sure if i judge an album based on like lemon law like I, this album has a minute and a half of my time. Yeah, sure. And if not, I'm just not going to listen to it. If, if I would have done it by that, I don't know if I would have made it all the way through. Yeah, that's right. Like Mojo pen caught my attention, but I don't know if I would have listened to the whole thing through and through because the, the, the valleys and the hills, you know, I think the valleys would have lost me.
0: Yeah, sure. I totally um, get that. I think they even kind of lose me a little bit because uh, I've been listening to this album now for years and. And every time I try to listen to it, I get to um, Lilac Tree, and it's so it's so different that I'm like, okay, I got what I, I got my I got my endorphin <laughs> kick, um, and I think that's again why because uh, I'll listen to you know the first two I'll skip Last Goodbye typically I'll listen to Hallelujah um, and you then skip
1: Last Goodbye
0: to, yeah up until this point yeah until I re listened to it just because I knew I wanted to get to Hallelujah Hallelujah is the reason I turn this album on that and Mojo Pin typically. Um, but that once I, and then once I listened to hallelujah, I would usually split to something else, which made me forget about lover. You should have come over, which I think is now my favorite song on this album. So
1: do you think they knew hallelujah was going to be as popular as it was?
0: I think, I think you have to know. I mean, it's been covered so many, it was covered even a few times before Jeff got to it and it's such a good song. I mean, just lyrically, like, I don't know. I don't know if it was ever released as a single, um, I know So Real was, I think Mojo Pin was, and I, there was a, there was three Grace. three, Grace was another single on this album. Um, so I don't know if Hallelujah was ever actually released as a single. I think people just discovered it because it is so that, that fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's weird listening to Jeff Buckley's version because I, I heard Jeff Buckley's version before I heard the Leonard Cohen version. I discovered Leonard Cohen through Jeff Buckley. So that's kind of backwards, ass backwards that way. Um, but it's their their versions are so different. So 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 very different. And um yeah, it's it's weird. Um so um yeah, do you want to talk about um what was the name of the song? Forget her. Forget her, yes.
1: Um The slowed down instrumental from minute two thirty to three fifteen. Uh then it kicks up with him yelling, Wilmar, well my tears falling down as I try to forget her love was a joke from the day that we met. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. I was like, no, he did not I'm just s- say
0: that. I'm so happy you dug into the lyrics because I knew you would love them, dude. Just know, just knowing the, the lyrics that you like from the stuff that you do like, mm. I knew once you saw some of the shit that he says on these songs, you would be like,
1: oh, man. <laughs> Good thing 13-year-old me didn't hear this. Yeah, I know, dude. This would be tattooed on me somewhere. <laughs>
0: wow yeah but yeah like i said earlier this song was removed like last minute for so real which i think is a vastly inferior song um because it is like the woman who heard this song who was about would know it's about her and jeff didn't want to like have that stain on the album um, even though it's a great song it made for a great song and i know like a lot of the record executives didn't like the decision but you know ultimately it's his album so yeah
1: um
0: yeah no i I love, I love love that song, so I wish it would have made it on the main album. I think it would have been a little bit even a little bit better than it already is so
1: yeah um I got some closing thoughts if sure you want to hear yeah it. absolutely uh, as I mentioned before to Kevin after listening to it a few times, I'm so mad at myself for not listening <laughs> yeah. to it before, and uh somehow, I let it go under my radar, but I guess that's kind of the point of this whole podcast is to for us to discover music by showing it to each other mm-hmm. and also you know our listeners. Uh, to get a feel of what we think of albums. And obviously this is like an iconic album for a lot of people. And I think that's, that's a cool for us to listen to it song by song and kind of dissect it a little bit is, is fun. Yeah, I think so. Even if people have listened to it a thousand times, it's cool to hear a new perspective.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like uh, hearing your perspective on it was fun for me because I, guess, like you just said, I've listened to it thousands of times, but again, I haven't listened to it, front to back like this in a very very long time so because i knew what my favorites were on the album and i knew the the exact endorphin hits i wanted to get from the, that 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 track list so
1: it's kind of like uh those tiktoks so it's like i wish i could hear this for the first time over again yeah right and it was like you didn't get to experience that but i did and mm-hmm. that was that was really cool because i listened to it at night i was yeah. like driving the first time i was Ugh. like it was a really cool it's, experience. Uh, it's
0: such a good driving album, too. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I was listening to it on the way over here. And so it's just fucking... It's a song, once you l- learn the lyrics, you can try and belt along with it. It's a good fucking just sing-along kind of thing because... I don't know. It's, the energy kind of lends itself to driving, too. So, yeah. I, I think that's cool. I listened to it with my eyes closed in the dark with my headphones on um, and really tried to feel the emotion of it because I'd, I had done my research into lyrics and I I kind of did some research into what the songs were actually about for the first time and Mm -hmm. it really kind of gave it a different emotional weight. But yeah, I I think it's, I think it's awesome that you listen to it while driving for the first time. Cause that's a, excuse me. That's how I discover a lot of my music for the first time too is in the car. I think there's a special connection between driving and music. I think that
1: you don't always get like, you can't always hear every lyric and sometimes things get missed, but hearing it for the first time is definitely I think with windows down driving it and like, it's perfect driving weather at night. Sure. And just wearing a hoodie and putting an album on for the first time.
0: Yeah. It's, um, yeah. I mean, I just fucking love this album, man. I really think, I really do think everybody should at least listen to it. If you have any sort of interest in like rock at all or folk or just fucking incredible vocals. He's, I think he is, if not the best, one of the top three best vocalists, most talented vocalists of all time. Mm -hmm. And for me, it would probably go like, Freddie Mercury, Mike Patton, um, who little foreshadowing on Mike Patton, he's coming up soon. Um,
1: that's another name I've probably, ne- I've never heard of him.
0: Well, it's, it, have you heard of Faith No More? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, you're in for a treat. Sweet. Um, so, uh, yeah, a little foreshadowing to future episodes here, but, um, yeah, so Jeff Buckley, Mike Patton, um uh, Freddie Mercury, Michael Jackson. I mean, those are those are the elite tier vocalists for me. And like to me, nobody can touch them. So, um, it's just, yeah, I think everybody needs to experience Jeff Buckley. And, and it, 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 have you watched any of his live performances yet? Mm-mm. Oh man. Holy shit. He's so fucking good live. Um, because it looks effortless and it, it for him, it probably is because he's that talented. I, I would, i I'll send you some links after this, but I highly suggest if you like Jeff Buckley to go watch some of his live performances, cause they're, As good, if not better, than the album,
1: and we'll tweet them out as well.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's another thing I wanted to touch on. Is I think I'm going to build. I'm gonna build. I'm just gonna build a playlist of the things that we talk about on the show. It's it's funny because I had we got the name for this show from a blog I used to write about where I used to argue about albums or artists (laughs) with myself. It was basically this. It was the same kind of concept as this where I would find things that I like artists that people hadn't necessarily gotten to discover and i would break them down by album mm-hmm. so we're just doing it at the kind of a more detailed with a more fine-tooth comb here and you um, got
1: you got a little call and response now
0: yeah which is <laughs> <just> so helpful <laughs> <laughs> fuck man those out those those blogs would take me a whole day to write just because of i
1: remember one time i texted you and i was like when's the next off the beaten clef coming and you're like uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: they're just they were such a slog like i love doing them but it I would have to be really, really into it to do it. Cause it was legitimately like a seven hour process for me to get one out in one day. Cause I just, I didn't want to work on them for multiple days either. Cause then I feel like I, the way I write again, this is completely off topic for the show, but the way I write, I like to do it all at once. So I don't lose the soul of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, You know, if you come back to something you've already written, something may have changed, you know, whatever. That's a whole, that's a whole writing process that I adhere to. So, um, but yeah, so I, I had already built some playlists. That's where I, like, I'm kind of cheating because I because one of the blogs I was gonna write that I never did was my recommended albums. <laughs> well, there you go. We've so built a whole podcast, I've got out. a I've got a list already of, of my like my next five or six albums I want to talk about. Well,
1: so. I've got a, a list too. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, I was just going through and like thinking like, well, I don't want to not have one. Yeah. I, I'm sure you're going to do the same thing because. We teeter on rock, metal. Yeah.
0: I'll throw in some EDM from there for sure. Yeah. Um, Some
1: hip hop. So I was just trying to like have a list that way I could pick things that aren't necessarily the same theme every time. Right.
0: Yeah. I definitely think we should try and switch it up a little bit. But, you know, this is, this is notes we can talk about while we're not on the podcast. (laughs) So, um, you want to, do you want to tell the audience what we're doing next week or do you want to keep it a secret?
1: No, I'll tell them. Uh, so you guys can do your homework as well. I Uh, think that's cool. A band called The Main is, uh, has a, an album called American Candy. It's from 2015. It's I don't I mean if I put it in my top 100, I think that's safe to say. Um, but it's definitely one that means a lot to me. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it.
0: Yeah, so very similar to this week. I've never heard of this band or this album, so um, should be interesting. I yeah, mean, I'll probably listen to it tonight for my first time, and then uh, do some more notes. And can't wait to talk about it.
1: Yeah, and uh, if you guys if. If you guys haven't listened to our, our prelude, we're going to be doing shows every Monday. Yeah. Um, that's the plan. We're going to try and, if, if we know there's going to be some weeks we can't, uh, we'll try and backlog some stuff. That sure. way we can have a consistent show. So if you guys like the show, let us know. We're on Instagram and Twitter, Off the Beaten Clef. Mm-hmm. And K Carter79 for your Twitter. That's and right. Um, and your Twitch.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so infrequently on Twitch. It doesn't matter. It's basically whenever like I'm playing a game that I know my little brother wants to see and he doesn't have. Like, hey, I'm playing this game that from our childhood. You want to come watch me play? For these like, yeah. Right. Or Tommy, you know, our buddy Tommy. Yeah, he specifically asked me to play a game one night so he'd go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's what I use. You when You got to cater for. to the audience. I'm not. I'm not trying to monetize it. I mean, if it ends up being that, great. But it's not my goal. So if you want to follow me, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and uh, if you guys have album suggestions, we'll definitely take yes, them into consideration. For sure. Um, it, it'd be fun for us to do a couple that you and I both haven't heard. Mm-hmm. We go through it together. So if you guys have suggestions, let us know. Yeah,
0: we do have an email, too. It's off the beaten clef at Gmail. So. All right. Well, good first episode. Yeah, good Deb. first episode, man.
1: All right. We'll see you guys.